This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Max Cohen and Yana Shanaeus. This is our post-match show of Fulham's nil-nil draw with Chelsea at Stamper Ridge. We're going to go mm. through this match. We did a full-time show after the match, but now the three of us, we're going to break this down in a little bit more detail. If you're watching live, please do feel free to share who was your man of the match. I definitely want to get everyone's thoughts on who was man of the match, we talked about it on full-time. Feel free to share your thoughts or anything you want in regards to this match. Okay, guys, let's get to it. First of all, before we do anything else, let me go to you, Max. Let me get your opening thoughts on the match yesterday, and uh, I'll just get us started by saying and ask the question. This is going to be the first topic I'm going to have for you. Does this draw feel like a victory to you? Yeah, you know, whenever you go away to someone who's below you in the table, you always think you can win. So, a bit disappointed not to get three points yesterday um, <laughs> against, you know, team who's inferior opposition, uh, as, as the table says. But, listen, they can spend all the money they want. They can buy all the teenage talents throughout Europe. They can break transfer records. But Chelsea are still in our shadow this season, and, and that's just the fact of it. That's just the cold, hard facts of the table. Um, you know, we were on the back foot, it has to be said. But there are moments in that match when I think we could have won it and it just shows we're going toe-to-toe with teams. A clean sheet away from home is always nice to see. And it was a nice battling spirit from every player out there. I was impressed with the effort. Um, Paulinho stood out. Tete stood out. I mean, Reem saved the game yep. with, with the clearance off the line. You just cannot fault the effort. And, you know, we kind of needed this, I'd argue, because we lost the Spurs. We lost to Newcastle. We weren't really used to having two losses in a row in the league. And I think this really puts us on the right path to get a good result next week against Forest. Um, and get back to winning ways. Okay, excellent. Before I go to Giannis and get his opening thoughts, I want to come back to you because I've seen a lot of commentary after this and heard a lot of commentary comparing this Chelsea team to this Fulham team, one being a team and one being individuals. I think that was really on display in this match. Max, would you back that up? Because that's what I felt like I watched. Now, I don't want to go all New England Patriots on you, 
about uh, a team. I know you hate that, but it does remind me a little bit of team first, playing as a team. You talk about what Reem did, what Kenny Tete did. And then you look at what Chelsea did, and it looked like a bunch of individuals. Yeah, 100%. I think that is the perfect way to describe this match. You know, you had the Enzo Fernandez shot at the end where you just whipped that from 35 yards out. Nothing was on and almost went in. That shows the individual quality great talent. Chelsea has. I think that's a great point, Russ. Individually, I'd say every single player on that side, you could argue, is better than every single Fulham player. But as you mentioned, they were all playing as ones, not in as 11. And we were playing as an 11. And you could see the way we were passing. I mean, some of the one-twos in tight areas to Fantastic. break us into conducts was just superb. I know, one, the referee uh, didn't play advantage. We could have been through on goal oh, there. That was but that, that happened so many times throughout the match. But you're right. There was always a worry that one moment of brilliance from a Chelsea player would give them the win. And that was always the fear. But, you know, we showed that playing as a team, rather than all these expensive, very, very talented individuals who clearly have no idea how to play with each other. And Graham Potter, I do not envy his job one bit. Because that, to me, is the hardest job in football. Because you have a <laughs> massive squad. I mean, you have players like Raheem Sterling, who bring off the bench, and he's used to starting and scoring every game he plays in. And just a, a Bemiang can't even get a minute in. It's huge egos. And nothing's going right for them. And their solution is to buy more players for massive amounts of money. And then those players, I mean, Mudrik, Fernandez, they're going to expect you playing every minute. And you haul Mudrik off at halftime. It, it's a mess over there. So I'm so glad we have nothing to do with that. Um, you know, we got some reinforcements in January, but I think Chelsea's showing you how not to do it. I totally agree. And uh, Giannis, I want to go to you. I want to get your opening thoughts on uh, what you watched. And also, really want to get your thoughts on what I brought here. Talking about the difference between Chelsea and Fulham right now is you have all this talent, all this money spent, and it's on display. And you could see how much talent they have. But they don't play well as a team. Fulham are a well-drilled team. And that is a big part of why I think they are where they are. It's funny because they got beat by Totten, a moment of magic from Harry Kane. Right beyond that, Fulham played together as a team. Same thing here. It could have happened again, as Max was already talking about, but it didn't. And the reason why Fulham are where they are is that they are an 11. And Chelsea is just a bunch of talent. Yeah, I thought we played very well last night. We just won through 11, and even the subs did, did well. All the subs except one, because Vinicius decided he was going to start dribbling outside his box, which, I mean, if they'd done, um, because the cross came back in, and if that had gone in, that gone in, he'd have been walking all the way home to wherever. Um, but I thought we were excellent last night. You're right, we did look like a team. Their best player right now is Thiago Silva, and he's 38. And I mean, no disrespect. Yeah, I mean, he's no. a fantastic player at 38. But the rest of the buggers, it really did look disjointed there. They were talking, lording up Reese James coming back. He looked invisible. Robinson had him for breakfast. Chilwell came on second half. But they they still have one of the problems that Chelsea have is they, they don't have a striker. They're using no. Havertz up there. And they just don't look like they're going to score goals. The second half, they've got a couple on. But they do, you're right, they look like a bunch of individuals. And it's funny how you've got a couple of big clubs right now that are in an unholy mess. Um, but at least Liverpool have the excuse that they've got a lot of injuries at the moment. What Chelsea have done is, I think, brought the Premier League into disrepute. Because this new owner, Todd Burley, is coming and spending 
you know, like 85 million on Mudrick, who looked terrible for yesterday first half. You know, all this money spent, and they look, they're on paper right now, the third best team in West London. <laughs> right? And they, they're not in the FA Cup. And they look like a bloody rabble. And it's not going to get easier for them. And uh, you're right, Potter's in a horrible position because you've got so many egos and, you know, how do you, how do you, but hey, they're squatters. I don't care. They can go down as far as I'm concerned. We played as a team yesterday and Marco and his coaches and all of us should be so proud of, that was magnificent to watch. So a great point could have been three. We've had a tough stretch of games, guys. Now we've gone to Forest. We've got Forest coming up. Brighton will be difficult. Wolves, but you know, we're playing really well right now, and uh, it's great. Well, what's interesting, Giannis, and I don't want to harp too much more on Chelsea and how much money they spent, but I just look at the differences between, not that I want to talk about Brentford because I'm not no fan of theirs, but if you look how they spend their money, how Fulham spend their money, and then you look at Chelsea, right? And I go back to this because for whatever you think about Fulham's ownership, and I think they've done a very good job. I'm talking about the cons. I believe the cons care. I believe the cons want to make Fulham not just sustainable. I think they want to be in the Premier League for many, many years to come. And I think they've invested a lot of money in that. When I look at that type of setup, bringing in the right manager, bringing in the right players now, and they're back in the manager. Then I look at Chelsea, and all I can think of is that this is an investment for Bowley. This to me seems like, tell me if you guys feel this way. It almost feels like I'm watching one of those shows like like Flip My House. Like they're just trying to make a return on their investment by spending all the money. You have to spend money to make money, right? But why do I feel that Bowley and his team are not in this for the long haul, Giannis? And this is about money and not about Chelsea Football Club. Yeah, Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And it's also about, you know, the optics of, of being run properly. I look at, I'm going to get shit for this, but so be it. The best run club in the Premier League right now is Brighton, for me. And I, I actually think us and Brentford are, are close behind because we we've, we've, we've haven't spent too much money on players. We develop talent. Uh, Brighton have sold so many players and yet they still look so good. Brentford, uh, yeah, it's like the Danish revolution coming in. But man, they're very tough to beat, and right. they're there by right. Benfica is pound for pound, I think, the best run club in the world, because if you look at the number of players they've developed in the last few years, the amount of money they've—I mean, Enzo Fernandez—they spent the ten million last year, ten million, and now they're selling for one hundred and five. And you look through all these players, and you go, "Holy, holy crap! How did they do that? That's a proper run club." Chelsea, you're right. He's just throwing money at he's throwing money at rubbish. Obama Young for ten million is one of the mysteries of of the century, and that's not the only one. It's just up and down that lineup. You look at, you know, you got rid of um, oh, I've forgotten his name, um, Timo Werner, but you've got Havertz up there, yep. and it's and it's really not happening for them. There's, Sterling doesn't look the same player. Um, they they just. They just look like a group. Kepa is open to the old fluff. It's lots of money thrown at problems and hoping it's going to a wall and it's going to stick. And right now, this notion of Champions League bollocks. You're not getting Champions League because you're not going to be as you're going to have to be looking at either United or Newcastle. 
assuming it's you know City, Arsenal, Arsenal City, and right. it's not going to be it's not going to happen. So they're going to be Europa League at best. And I just I just think that the whole thing's going to implode, and I could care less because we've had enough pitfalls, haven't we? We've had enough pitfalls last few yep. years, and we've been the yo-yo thing. And now all of a sudden, Marco Silva's getting his due, and players like Tim Ream or Tete for three million, or Dekadova Reed, people are going, well, yeah, well, you know, that's how you run a club. And um, I think it was a fantastic advert last night for our our club and our supporters. We've been taken seriously, and it's right now long overdue. Totally agree, Giannis. And I want to go over to you, Max, because. Max, you probably heard the plaudits after the match. And when it's funny when you hear people like Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville say good things about Fulham, you're thinking about what world are we in, right? <laughs> and then you actually have it over here as well. And and I'm thinking the world has really gone completely 360 now that Fulham are starting to get some respect. But I think it has to do with playing together as a team. It keeps going back to that, Max. It's People can really see when you watch this match, and I see at halftime, Danny Higginbotham say, Foam were magnificent. Says after the match, Foam were magnificent again. That just tells you how far we've gone. And they did not use, I did not see any of those words used to describe Chelsea. It's true. I mean, we, Marco Silva, let's just talk about Marco Silva. He cannot get enough credit in my eyes. Giannis was mentioning it. Tete, Deckard over Reed, Tim Ream, Harrison Reed, let's include him there. <sighs> William. I mean, these are players people had written off. Some of those players are people us three had written off months ago, years yeah. ago. I mean, Deckard over Reed couldn't finish for his life in the championship. William had a flop at Arsenal, and no one thought mm. he'd ever come back to England. Tim Ream. We've already said our part about Tim Ream. No one wanted him in the starting 11 this year. Not one Fulham fan, if you want to them, said, should Tim Ream be a starter? And look what he's doing. And look what Tete's doing. I mean, it's it's remarkable because the game plan from Silva, every match, it yep. just seems to be spot on today. You know, last year, he knew, he knew what Chelsea were going to throw at us. Yep. And we were very compact. We didn't look bothered for large stretches. And we went toe-to-toe with them. And we could have won. And he just deserves all the respect in the world because the mark of a good manager is getting players to play well above their potential and every single player at Fulham is playing well above their potential and I think it really has to be down to Marco Silva and the coaching staff very good point and that's why I wanted to put up this comment from our friend Wayne here and this is what he had to say Marco Silva done his homework on Chelsea and we kept them at bay and we have a very strong squad Giannis over to you because I'm glad that Max brought us there because I think it does start with Marco Silva the tactics Boa the entire staff putting the players in the right position to succeed throughout the match. You felt that Fulham were in control that even when Chelsea were attacking, I felt that Fulham were dictating the match on us. I agree. I, I felt that the only way they were going to score was through some laughable mistake. Um, we had the Venetius one in the last minute. There was Leno dancing out like he was on ice skates. <laughs> yeah. And again, thank God for Tim Ream. But we, we, we looked a little tired the last, I think, seven or eight minutes, but largely I thought we were in control. And I think that probably the microcosm of where we are right now is the debate around Manor Solomon. 
because Solomon in, in, the, in the performances so far has really impressed. The problem that you now have is, okay, people say, yeah, he's got to be in the lineup. Who the hell does he come in for? You can't drop William. And I was one of the first to say, because Arsenal fans will tell you, he was terrible at the Emirates. Absolutely terrible. But he's come in and he's done a brilliant job. Now, on the other side, you've got Bobby Dacre Dover Reid. Yeah. Well, he could be the punching bag, but does he ever, I mean, does he ever not put in a decent performance, put in a shift? You can't drop either of them. So now that's where we're at now. You've got someone like, you've got players like Solomon who probably could or should be in the lineup, but they can't be in the lineup because you've got two players playing wide that are playing so well. And that's indicative to me of where we are as a team right now. Yeah. That there's really Good healthy point. competition. Shane Duffy, who's a more than able centre back Tosin. Um, I'm not I'm still not so sold on Vinicius, frankly. He does certain things well. Um, but Tom Kearney hasn't started a game in the, in the league for crying out loud. Oh, well, actually, no, wait a minute. No, he didn't. No, yeah, in the cup he has, but in the league he hasn't. What Why? about our two Welsh players? Well, Dan James, yeah, um, and and Harry, I mean Harry Wilson has been has been. Um, he's not looked. He, he's he's looked. He struggled for form. Although I thought he played well yesterday, coming off the bench, which was which was good. And we're going to get stronger because we've got a unit that knows. And I know in the summer we're going to look to reinvest some funds, but. Yeah, I mean, if that's the only argument you're saying, oh, God, when do we get Solomon in? And we go, yeah, when? But it's a good problem how? to have. How? Yeah, yeah. Good problem. How do you? How do you? You can't. You can, because Dave Cadover-Reed is undroppable for me, and obviously so is William. So um, it's brilliant. Whereas Chelsea going, all right, it's like the FA Cup, right? They get the balls. Right? Number 34, Aspilicueta. <laughs> number 29, Ben Chilwell and he's got 64 <laughs> balls and a double, a, a triple decker bus coming into Stanford Bridge with the oh, players. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, Potter's in a great coach and he's in a horrible position, but he's at Chelsea, so we can all we'll laugh. That's what we should do. <laughs> okay, let me ask Max. Max, do you agree with Giannis that at this point, Bobby Decker is undroppable? No, no, I don't. I don't think he's undroppable. Um, I, do I think he deserves to be dropped? No, but I think in certain matches, Solomon might be the better option. If you just look what he did on the short time he was on the pitch, that, that Cruyff turn on the wing, that's the best bit of close control I've oh, seen yeah. from a Fulham player, well, since last Saturday with Tom Kearney. Um, <laughs> no, but in serious, <laughs> it, it's, he's really, really skillful. Yeah. And I think he gives a different option than Deckard Overeed. I think it's good to have competition for places. I, I'm just, I do think that if it were me, and we're in a month from now, and Solomon is fully fit. I might just lean him, just because I think he has explosiveness. I mean, we've seen all the highlight videos. Will that ever translate to Fulham? I don't know yet. But what he can do with cutting inside, or you know, cutting back to his left foot, he, you he can just see has the so potential. Many, he has a great potential, Rossi. Right. Um, yeah. But at this moment in time, Decker Reed is on nothing to deserve being dropped. Well, that's I, would, I wouldn't thing. go as far to say that he's never going to be dropped. Well, I've made the argument to start Solomon, but Giannis makes a good argument. How do you drop Bobby Decadovery? Because he gives you everything, every match. So is it right to drop him? But to your argument, going back to you, at some point maybe you go with a player who gives you the better chance to win. 
and maybe uh, yeah. in the end it might be Solomon against certain opponents. Maybe I, I think okay. I, I, situational, right? I think if you look at Forrest right. at home, you know, in a week's time. I might start him just because Decorative Reed is playing right wing, yes, or left wing, but he's also giving you a defensive cover. But if you're playing a team at home, that's a good who's point. relegation fodder you want to go after, I might start someone like Solomon. But again, we have great options. And we were we were talking remember we were talking back good in problems August, to have. Yeah, good problems. We were like, where are the wingers? Where are the wingers? Remember that? We we're like, oh, yep. look at our weak bench. Now we have like so many. We don't even talk about Dan James or Harry Wilson ever. Okay, yeah. very good, guys. All right, before we really get into breaking down this match, and I'll ask you guys about the Cabano. starting eleven. Nice remember him? Yes. Cabano. Yes. Wow. Will he be back this season? Do you guys think? Should be March. I think March. They're looking okay, at. Okay, great. That's next month. Awesome. Well, there you go. I would love to see Nieskins. He's earned a lot of people's respect, including myself, because he has proven that he can play in the Premier League. Absolutely, and uh, he deserves a lot of respect. All right, guys. Let's go to a controversial subject before we break down this match and go to starting 11. Let's talk about Mitro. I've seen a lot of commentary on Mitro. Giannis, are you concerned about Mitro, about his potential health, about what's going on with him? What are your thoughts about Mitro? We were talking last night. There were some comments. Should Fulham rest him a few matches, get him fully fit? What are your thoughts about Mitro? Are you concerned? Not one. Not, not really, but I don't. I mean, I mean, we've got the cup replay on Wednesday, and I don't believe he'll play there, and I don't think he should. I think he's still not quite a hundred percent, but we've got no one to replace him, and we really don't. Even there were, I thought he was very good in the second half yesterday. I mean, he was doing his usual shit housery in the first half and, and, and causing mayhem. I don't think he's a hundred percent, and I think he's just going to be gently coddled. Uh, I, I, we'd love to go on a long cup run. We've got. You know, the winners play Leeds, which is a winnable game. Absolutely. Let's, let's rest him. Let's rest him for the Forest game. Let's get, let's give him, let's put Venetia's up there. Um, I think the fact that um, the, the replay is Wednesday night means that we won't take necessarily a stronger lineup as we, as we put out in the home game, just because we'll want to beat Forest. Um, I, I'm not, look, he, it sounds like it was a significant injury. Second half, he really, really improved. Um, I don't think he should have been taken off when he was because it was, we were actually had an attacking free kick, yeah, which I thought was a little bit odd. It was, I think, it was in the 88th minute. Right. Um, rest him for the FA Cup until it gets really serious. But um, I mean, who do you replace him with? Venetius, yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't. The thing, it's like going back to Chelsea. If you, when you look at that Chelsea lineup on the pitch. Who out there frightened you? Where you go, it went, uh-oh. No one. Mitro frightens teams. Right. Vinicius doesn't. That's good and that's point. the thing. He stay, He gets out there. People talk about his physicality and his, his, you know, his hard work and his stuff off the ball. And don't defend his own mother. Vinicius tries to do it, but he's an imitation. And no. So put him in the games where it doesn't really matter. Okay. Um, and give him a rest if you need to. Give okay. him a rest. All right. Max, I want to get your thoughts on this because uh, there was a decent amount of chatter after the match talking about Mitro. I actually thought Mitro played fairly well. I don't think he played badly. And I think he does something that 
Giannis just speaks to. You have to game plan against Mitro. You take him out of the mix, I think that affects how teams play against Fulham. So, but the interesting thing is, is he fit? Is he Mitro right now? Is he back to the player that we know? Does he need a rest? What are your thoughts about this? Am I making too much of it? I don't know. I mean, he he hasn't been in the match, I feel, for the past couple of games. It just hasn't been his type of game. He's It's been bypassing him because we've been playing good sides. Let's be honest, right? I mean, his last goal against Leicester was a while ago, around a month ago. Yeah, he doesn't look fully fit. I think that's fair. I think people are saying he was hurt during the World Cup, played through that, didn't really get a substantial rest until he came back to the Premier League. I, I am a bit concerned about Mitro, but he's also a confidence player. And I think the Newcastle incident affecting him a lot, I think that's weighing on him. Okay. I think all he needs is a goal. That's the best way to solve his issues, just to score a goal and forget all about it. Um, yeah, it's just in, in matches when you don't have a lot of possession and teams can put two or three center backs on him, as you know, Chelsea almost had every, every situation last night. There's not a lot of service. And when we do get service in, you know, Thiago Silva's there, the center back's there to deal with him. And Spurs, I'd say the same thing. They dealt with him effectively. Right. But we were on the back foot. I think a game like Forrest would be perfect for him, in my opinion, because okay. we'll have a lot of the ball at home. He can tussle with the center backs, get some shots on target, get his confidence up. But I do think there's no way he plays in midweek, based on everything you guys said, just because that match is not our main priority and he needs a rest. Okay, and I'm there with you, Max. I don't think you start him. I think you can have him come off the bench. I want them to win that match because, as Giannis mentioned, I think there's a real path now in the FA Cup to really have a cup run because I think if they win this match, the Leeds United match is a winnable match. Let's just call it what it is. At Craven Cutch, absolutely. So you, you got that carrot being dangled, but the league is first. So I rest Mitro. So I'm there with you guys. All right. Let's move on. Let's talk about the starting 11. Over to you, Giannis. What were your thoughts when you saw the starting 11 in the bench? No surprises whatsoever. Um, back back five speaks for itself. Um, Reedy and Palina in the middle and uh, Reedy, Pereira, William behind Mitro. There was no no debate. I mean, the only question mark was going to be uh, Sasha Lukic and Cedric, whether or not they'd be part of the bench. They weren't. That's fine. Um no, it's what I expected. I, I, I will confess that Kazawa gives me the, 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 the heebie-jeebies. Um, he does, and does so does Mbabu, but Mbabu wasn't even in the, wasn't even on the bench. Um, so it's it's not as strong a, a lineup as it's going to be. I fancy in a year if Mark is still around, this could look a little scary. But it was what I expected. I was more interested in to see what they were going to do. Was Fernandez going to play? Is Mudrick going to play? You know, was Kepa going to keep his place? Um, you know, was Cucurella going to keep his place? Aspilicueta started last time against us. Was he going to do it? Um, and Ziesch, that was a big one because of all the PSG nonsense in the week, which I do feel a bit sorry for him for. Um, but he played him. That's a sign of a Potter. He's a very, very good manager and a good man manager. But for our, from our perspective, no surprises. Okay. Over to you, Max, your thoughts on the starting 11. Yeah, I think Giannis summed it up perfectly. The main thing I was looking for, you know, will Lukic, will Cedric be on the bench? They weren't. And that Chelsea team was a bit bizarre, I would argue. I mean, Conor Gallagher playing, 
seems a bit off, as does um, Ziyech, who was so clearly had his head turned and was so publicly devastated about it to throw him back in the starting 11. Felt weird. It was a weird selection all over um, to just throw and then throw Enzo in there right after he signed and, you know, starting Mudrik. It was a weird team on the, on their part. But for us, it was, I think, our first choice, 11. Okay, great. Bonus topic, guys, because Giannis got me to think about something that I actually tweeted a little bit about before we really break down this match. Let's talk about Marco. Over to you, Giannis. You got me thinking the minute you said this. Okay, I'm watching USA Network with Robbie Musto and talking about Marco potentially being in the shop window. That made me a little bit nervous. I, I basically tweeted something out to that effect. I didn't want to hear that on the USA Network talking about Marco Silva. Could he be right, though, Giannis? I think the cons need to do whatever they can to get him to sign a new contract. I think that they are talking. How concerned are you about this? I'm not. Um, cer- well, certainly not at home because the, um, looking at the potential jobs that could be, well, he, uh, Klopp's going to stay at Liverpool. Anyone suggesting he gets fired is madness. And, and, and West Ham... Is another one, but West Ham for me, um, I think that you know David Moyes has bought enough capital in that club for his two terms there, and he's got enough talent. I think he's going to survive. The only other one could be Leeds and Jesse Marsh. Yeah. Um, but I think I think that Silva's been and his coaching staff have been given the opportunity to reset. Um, remember, he achieved eighth with Everton. Yeah. Not so long ago, and. Um, I think the Khans are going to want to keep him. And I think the players are going to want to play for him. And I'm sure the players will have something to say about it. And uh, if you want to maintain stability and and garner that respect, you have to be able to remain consistent in your in your coaching. This is where Brighton, I know, were nervous with Graham Potter when he went to Chelsea. But they did their homework. Um, Potter was always going to be sorted after they got Deserby, and Deserby's done is doing a super job down at the the um the, the Amex. But um, I can't see him going anywhere. I think they're going to you know give give him and his coaches a good um uh extension because because he's got a good thing going. People exactly. are now beginning to talk about our, our boys and talk about the fact that there are two clubs in Fulham, but one is legitimate and the other one isn't. <laughs> And the fact that we're winning friends because we've got 35-year-old American centre-backs <laughs> who, who's, who, who is just, um, you know, I can't, there's not enough I can say about him. I know. And, and I can't, there's a lot, a lot more I could say about anyone else. They're all doing everything. And we're a fun team to watch. And um, Marco's a big part of that. So sign the check, extend the contract, and give him a little bit more power to get players in that... Um, that can make our starting 11 better, but without disrupting and also building the squad. That's how you do it. Right. That's how you do it. Right. They're building a program, as we would say over mm-hmm. here, Giannis. Yeah. And that's why, and I think the cons, and this is where I want to go before I go to Max and get his thoughts, and then we'll break down this match in detail, is that I think they've already shown that they're going to back him by the players that they brought in. Most of these signings feel like Silva signings. He's been very involved, and I think that they have shown him that they are going to be behind him. I think it's a good situation for Silva, for Boa, everyone, 
because they're building something. Why would he want to leave now when you're actually building something that is going to be yours? It's going to be his baby. And I think, I don't think he's going to go. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. But I, again, with, with the talk, it does make me a little nervous. But I think, Giannis, before I go to Max, I think the cons have already started the process of showing him what they mean to him and what they what he means to Fulham. We're talking about Silva. I think that they're going to give him what he wants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, it's funny, last night, Russ, after the game, I, I, I'm going to go back to Tim Ream here and just the club in general. Um Something changed in this club last year. Uh, you know, uh, Parker had left and, you know, the first game of the season against Middlesbrough last year. Ironically, the, the, the lad who scored against Middlesbrough has gone there. I think Bournemouth, isn't he? Antoine Semenya. Um, but something changed. And yeah, I was wondering, where, where was there a sudden change? And I know this is going to sound really odd. I think it, I think it goes back to the Reese porter situation. Interesting. I, 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 I that morning when BBC filmed him and what had happened to him and Tim Ream suddenly appearing and the team inviting him for some, and then you saw the players celebrating with him when they scored goals seemed to galvanize this team and it galvanized the club and it galvanized the supporters it, it, because it's a moment we won't forget it was just it was astonishing and since that point, even since that point, Tim Rim has been off the charts, and the team has. Yeah. So there's sometimes there's a, there's a catalyst, and it's funny how a little a little lad can can do that. We can talk about the work on and off the pitch, right. but sometimes it just takes one moment. And I was thinking about it, thinking, you know, you go back to Reese. Look what happened. We made him an honorary goalkeeper. He was on the he was on the the, the, the Fulham webpage. And suddenly you saw this, this togetherness that wasn't there the year before. And that's what was highlighted last night yep. because we played as a team. We were together. Exactly. We were united. And um, that might just be, it might be a bit far-fetched, but I look back to that no. moment and it changed everything. Changed that's everything. actually very interesting. I want to go to Max and get your thoughts and also get your thoughts on Marco Silva after that. But I'm glad that Giannis brought that up because the minute he's, started talking about it. I was starting to think because there are moments when you follow different teams. I could talk about my own team say you say, okay, this is when things changed. Giannis might be onto something. That moment with Reese Porter might have been the turning point for Fulham where you actually everyone came together to support this lad and uh they've taken off from then. So what are your thoughts about that, Max? Yeah, it's a beautiful sentiment. I think Giannis has a great point there that yeah. it shows what Fulham is all about. That we're a family club, that we're a community club, that we're here for inclusion and accepting people. And I can think of no better person than, than Reese Porter along yeah. with Tim Ream to exemplify that. So I love that theory. Uh, as for Marco, you do have to be you'd be concerned just because of his history. You know, we saw this with Watford. It's a different story. I think Watford was a lot more unstable when he was there. And maybe he wanted out because he saw that the owners were, you know, maybe a bit mad or, you know, they had a lot of other stuff going on at other clubs and he didn't want to be part of the Vicarage Road experiment. But he has a tendency to have his head turned. And the only thing we haven't had yet is a proper link. I think Giannis did a good job as well by running through the clubs and saying, I don't really see anything realistic. If we, if, 
Marcus Silva were to leave, he'd have to leave for a club who would either just sack their manager, right? Right. Or the manager left. And that inherently means instability, a bit of chaos. And why would he want to leave a very good situation, a very good calm point. situation? Good point. With players who respect him, who, who revere him. Yeah. I mean, you you listen to any interview, read any interview of Fulham player, and there's going to be a line in there saying, you know, the gaffer has done wonders. Yeah. Anthony Robinson, I was reading in The Guardian this weekend, said something to that very same effect. Tim Ream is on the Men and Blazers show, said a very yeah. similar thing about Silva. His, his team loves him, just adores him. And I think that's a big reason why I don't think he'll leave. But it always gets to the point where if there's a true big club coming, because he's never managed a big club in England. I don't think Everton's a big club and Hull City's definitely not and Watford's definitely not. If a true top four club came looking for him, it would be a different story. But I don't see that happening right now. Okay, good stuff. Very good stuff. All right, coming up next, we're going to break down this match and we'll end with man of the match. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Okay, guys, let's get to it. Let's talk about the first half. Let's go through your first half analysis. Giannis, I'll give you first crack at this because uh, what's interesting about this, I think you could see it very early on, Fulham being very organized, and very dangerous every time they had the ball. It just seemed that I don't care how much possession Chelsea had. I never felt that they were that threatening. Obviously, they did create a few opportunities, but I always felt Fulham were in control and always dangerous when they had an opportunity. And that's going to go to talk about right now the opportunity set up from Paulina, from... uh, Pereira. So I want to talk about this. I want to highlight this because, yes, there aren't that many of these moments in the match, but I think it epitomized that it's happened to Fulham. One moment of magic, and they end up losing a match. This is Fulham's opportunity. It was actually a good opportunity from Pereira. Your thoughts? Yeah, and I've got to give credit to Kepa for the save okay. because that was that was um, Pereira didn't think he hit it, and it was a, I thought it was a brilliant save. It looked like it was going in. The thing that, again, that exemplifies, I thought was the first half, was Tim Ream, again, last night, um, interviewed Sky Sports. He talked about, you know, um, defend from the front, attack, uh, defend from the front, attack from the back. And that's what makes us dangerous because counter-attacking-wise, we are are devastating when when it goes right. And everybody has a role, but, but our zonal marking system right now it seems to be pretty tough. The only time recently it broke down was the goal we conceded to Chelsea in the home game. And that was, a, I think, you know, a couple of minutes after halftime, we were half asleep. Right. The way that we, we cover for each other 
I think I think it's brilliant. And really, Chelsea didn't seem to know how to get through the blocks. Um, I thought we were in control first half. I thought we um, we were functional, but we gave them a little bit of a heebie-jeebies because a couple of times we broke and they could see the the pace. I mean, Robinson. I thought Robinson had. Um, I thought Rob, uh, Anthony Robinson was brilliant last night because uh, all the you know the Fuhrer was around. Reese James making his comeback. James got absolutely nothing, and then you got Tete galloping down the other wing like a stallion, and you're going, well, wait a minute, why can he do that? Well, because Dacre Dover-Reed is there, is there to provide that cover. It, it was brilliant to watch, and, and Chelsea really didn't know what was going on. Without Thiago Silva in that lineup, they're so ordinary. I mean, he's such a, a quality class player, but they look nervous at the back, and they didn't look, the, the space between their defence and midfield I thought was too large. And uh, again, it goes back to individuals versus team. I thought first half we looked very comfortable, very functional. And I think that Pereira shot, I think nine times out of ten would have got him, but I get it. Kepa deserves a lot of credit because it was, I thought it was an excellent save. Okay, excellent. Over to you, Max. Feel free to share your, your thoughts on the shot by Pereira. But I also want to ask you about this because when we analyze the first half and we talk about how Fulham were dangerous, I think what really showed me the difference between the two sides, I know we've been focusing so much on the money and the talent that they have, but if you look at the passing, some of that real crisp passing that Fulham had, there was one opportunity that I just wish they connected on. I think that potentially Pereira might be in, was a pass by Mitro. He just missed it, but I thought that epitomized how Fulham were able to get this passing going and looked like a unit instead of looking like a bunch of individuals on the other side. So, and I think we really saw that in the first half. Yeah. I mean, it was a joy to behold at times, the crisp interchanges. And I think that's what silver ball is all about. Silver is ball. that <laughs> possession, possession based play out, play out the back, but be quick, be effective, have runners, have those triangles and Mitro, you know, the best parts he had of the game or when he dropped into deeper lying positions yeah. and sprayed the ball out to the likes of Pereira, William, Dekadova Reed. You know, he was playing that kind of distributor role, which I like. So first half, I thought that was very good. We, we went toe-to-toe, you know, uh, someone in the comments. Chris says Kepa made more saves than Leno in the first half. And that says it all about the intent we had. And go back to the initial point you made, Russ. We were playing as a team. They were playing as a bunch of talented individuals. And I think that showed. But there were some nice opportunities. I remember William had a header for a good yeah. cross by a great cross by Tete. Tete was superb. And it just couldn't quite connect. He tried to square it back and maybe he could have gone for goal, but we were dangerous in the counter. Absolutely, Max. And that to me just speaks volumes to what they're building here. And I'm glad that we're talking about what Team Reams has said that they're trying to accomplish here. And it really shows itself. It's not about the possession having the amount of possession is what you do with it. And Fulham were more dangerous in the possession they had compared to what when Chelsea had it. Chelsea had a lot more possession. Ask yourself who was more dangerous. I think it's Fulham. I could be wrong. That's just my feeling because they're all connected, the crisp passing. And then you see on the other side, you see the opportunities that they're creating. Some of them are brilliant opportunities from Chelsea, but it's just, it's not leading to where it was leading with Fulham. There seemed like a plan 
rather than moments of magic on the other side, which never came off for Chelsea. Okay. Guys, let's move to the second half. And Giannis, let's start off from the beginning. And I talked about this on full-time with Emilio and Steve Reynolds. I thought Fulham showed their intent very early on from Willian. That is where I want to begin because I think that showed the direction where this match was going to go. The opportunity from Willian from the get-go in the second half showed me and probably showed Chelsea Fulham are in this to win it, not to get a draw, Giannis. Let's talk about the second half. What a start I was. I was 14 seconds in, um, and Willian just used his brilliant skill. And I still, I'll say it, I've said it before, Said again, how is this the pl- same player that was Arsenal? <laughs> I, I just don't know. But Chelsea, we knew he was dev- he was devastating at Chelsea. We know, brilliant player. But at Arsenal, he was an absolute dud. But he went home and it didn't quite work out and he's come back. And it was that direct, skillful, quick feet running. And, you know, the ball's fallen wide. But Deco really slightly off balance. He takes a shot. Again, that's the argument for Deco really He's following up. He's up and down yep. galloping. I thought it was a brilliant start. And the Chelsea, it's funny, the Chelsea fans um, were getting a right old roasting from our boys. You know, Stanford Bridge is falling down. <laughs> and some of the chants were just, just absolutely brilliant. And then there were images that were cutting to Todd Burley. Oh, I love going, that. Oh, oh no, I love uh, that. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't look, just because you buy a piece of steak that's expensive, don't mean it's the best steak you can buy. Right, and he spent. You know, they've got new directors, as you know, there the scouting directors. Um, but teams are made from. I think they originate from philosophies. And my bigger problem, no, it's not. It's not a problem. But my argument for Graham Potter would be: Has anybody gone up to him and said, "Well, what is the philosophy that you want to bring to the club? <laughs> what is your philosophy about right. developing players like when he did at Brighton?" Right. And exactly. If, and Burley will get the shock of his life because if Potter's honest, he'll go, well, I wouldn't want him and I wouldn't want him. I definitely wouldn't have taken him. And it's, he, like, I, could you see a Potter at Brighton wanting to spend 85 million on Mudrid? There's no way. And I mean, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't, well, I don't care to get it, but it is, it is what it is. And that second half, they, you know, the, their fans got very, very quiet because again, we were showing intent. Exactly. And it was um, a lot of fun because I was at that last game when we won at Stanford Bridge. I was there. I That's was great. in the fans. Uh, and mind you, both teams are pretty ranted then. And Stanford Bridge was a bit of a you know, shithole. But it was so rare that we ever won there. Um, and for us to get four points off them this year is fantastic. So. We did well second half, We same as the first, and um, with a bit of luck, we, we might have sneaked it. Okay, very good. Over to you, Max. I want to talk about, if you look at it from, say, Chelsea's point of view, they probably feel unlucky that they did not score in the second half. But I want to look at it from a phone perspective. You're looking at a team fighting for each other and finding ways to get a point out of this. We're talking about Tim Ream. I, I want to focus here also want to talk about Kenny Tete. What they were doing to keep Fulham level in this match just showed that Fulham are a team. Actually, let's start with Kenny Tete because Kenny Tete, I thought, 
We'll talk about man of the match. Many people are going to mention him for man of the match. But there was this one opportunity where, honestly, they were going to score, but his header, which led to a corner, fine. But it just shows the type of game and the type of effort Kenny Tete gave in this match, Max. And then we'll talk about Tim Ream. We've already mentioned him, but I want to talk about Tete in the second half. Yeah, he was excellent. Um, In the first half, he was bombing forward with great runs and great pace and great delivery. Second half, more on the defensive side, but just totally solid. And he's been a bit of an unsung hero this season at the right back position, had some injury problems. And I think today was, or yesterday is what he showed, you know, when you sign someone like Cedric, someone like Kenny Tete knows he has to step up. And I think he put in his best performance of the season, you know, a couple of days after the transfer window. Hands shot. down. I don't think that's a coincidence at all. Uh, but he was excellent. <laughs> uh, really superb. The Ream situation you mentioned. Yep, just let's talk like about that. The momentum was shifting a bit. We were dropping into our shell. It felt like the Newcastle match a little a little bit. I, I'll be honest. You know, it's a team we played close, but at the end, they're pouring everything they have. And a little mental slip up by Leno. What is he doing? And he's just, he, he looks like he keep running. He, he didn't even want to get the ball. He's just like, let me go up the pitch. Let me just maybe go up the halfway line, see what the grass is like up there. And didn't even make a challenge, thankfully, because that might have been a red. Uh, Diop as well, I think, just to slide in and, and put yeah. him off for a second. And then Bream is in the right place at the right time. But I've never heard of that person, Fafana, in my life. I've heard of Seiko Fafana, Fulham legend. Um, but... It is a bit odd, though, that Chelsea, I mean, they just signed Enzo Fernandez, Mudrik, um, the, the lad from PSU came on, and it's actually quite good, uh, and a bunch of other players I've never heard of. And then when you're chasing the match at the end of the game, you saw Ben, I think he's a 20-year-old striker who is right. making his first ever Premier League appearance. That's, so that's right. it's, just so, it's just so disjointed. And to be fair, if that's a better striker, he takes a touch, yeah. and suddenly Tim Ream has to defend the whole goal by himself, and that's not going to work out. But because he took it right after he beat Diop, it was an easy scuff shot, and, and Ream could cut off the angle. Well, Tim Ream had that moment in the first half as well because he saved Fulham there too. He saved him really twice in this match, big time, but he was stepped up a great deal. And uh, defensively, listen, Fulham played great. And uh, there's so many good things to take out of this match, but defensively I think is something that we have to look at. And uh, Giannis, before we – break down and talk about man of the match. I do want to talk about the substitutions. I want to get your thoughts on this. We talked a little bit about it. I did like Manor Solomon coming on. I, I don't know how well you, I, I think you thought Harry Wilson played. Okay. What did you make of the substitutions and the timing? Well, I felt we were starting to get, I thought we were starting to get a little bit tired in the second half. I mean, they put so much, so much energy into it. Um, Tom Kearney, I think is just sort of, um, you know, you've, you've got to bring him in because he's so so reliable. Um, it, I, I think the one, the one that bothered me, I think I mentioned earlier, was was Mitro. Just because we had an attacking free kick yeah. outside the box, and he's, you've brought on the, your best aerial, off your best aerial player for Vinicius, and I didn't understand the logic behind that because I thought the timing was odd. Keep him on until the end of the free kick. Then bring Vinicius on for some fresh legs. Um, sometimes I'm not sure with, with Marco because it, it, I think he's been bitten. You know, we were bitten against Man United, bitten against Newcastle, bitten against yep. Man City, all, all three late. And he's still not quite sure of that last 10 minutes. I'd like to see him utilize Shane Duffy a little bit more because I know that 
aerially, he's superb. We've got Tosin, who can also come in at the back. Um, the Harry Wilson thing, I'm not really... Mm, he played okay when he came in, but then, you know, he's just got to fight his way out of this this dip because there's so much competition, and that's probably part of it. He was used to starting last year. Now he's not, and he just has to get over it because that's just the nature of the beast. Nature of the beast. Um, the only thing that bothered me, I think, was the Mitro. Just the timing, I thought, with that set piece where we could have we could have nicked something. Okay, over to you, Max. I, I want to get your thoughts on. The subs also something that Giannis mentioned. Do you think Marco is still trying to figure out these later stages in the match where, like you said, we've been snake bitten a few times? Is this uh, something that you think that he's still working through to figure it out? Yeah, maybe. I mean, Vinicius is an odd one. The, the explanation I can think of is you want someone who has legs to press, to run, and Mitro looked like he just run his race and had no energy left. So that's one explanation, but I think at the end of the day, he's one of the best headers we have in our team. And he's not someone you want to take off before free kick, whether it's offensive or defensive. So that was odd. I didn't like Harry Wilson coming in. I like Solomon coming in because that seemed to be, you know, an attacking but still kind of fresh legs thing. And Harry Wilson, again, these are players who, when they came on, he got booked um, for, you know, being a little bit late in the tackle. Vinicius, as Giannis said earlier, tried to dribble out from the back when all he needed to do is hit it as far as he could. Yeah. Up SW6. Um, I don't know what he's thinking. So weird. We, weird substitutions at times, but we got the job done. We didn't concede, and you can't be too upset. But yeah, I think one area lacking is the end of the game management. Yeah. Maybe he needs to talk to Scott Parker, who loved to bring oh, on 10 defenders. No, and... no, no, no. I can't. I can't do Parker ball <laughs> even for, for 10 minutes. I can't do it. I can't do it. But I, I understand where you're going on that. All right, guys. We're going to finish up by going to, with man of the match. I've already... Mentioned if you're watching live, please feel free. Who was your man of the match? I am going to share some comments because I find it interesting. There is one thing I want to talk about because Emilio was talking about this last night, talking about Diop. Because Diop, man of the match for me, he was outstanding. This is the point that Emilio was talking about, he thought was fantastic. Diop, a galloping <laughs> runs forward on the counter are amazing. Giannis, you're laughing, but you want to know something? I love the fact that he did that. Yeah, because he took he, it, it, his his um, that ran that run drew a defender out, and he wasn't sure what was going on. It was Chilwell actually. It was Chilwell. Yeah, was, yeah. and he was going, what the, "What the hell is he doing out there?" Um, no, it was it was good, and that was a, a sign of confidence. And I have to say something about Diop because I've been critical of yep. Diop being not as good in the air as he should be for a man of his size. But I did think he had a very good game in the air yesterday. Yeah, he did. He did. That's a good point. All right, guys, I'm just going to share some comments about man of the match. This is Kenny all the way. I think many are going to say Kenny Tete, and I understand that. Guys, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you think, before we, I get your man of the match, Max, I'll ask you this question. Do you think this is Kenny Tete's best match in a foam shirt? No, I mean, didn't he score against Luton uh, in, in the 7-0? wins i think that might be his favorite moment with the goal but yeah it's definitely up there considering the opposition and his performance i think it might be his best ever game for us yeah okay how about you Giannis? was this his best match yeah and and that and it actually bothers me because it, we spent three million on him he's 27 he's <laughs> close to the peak and and he's a player that with performances like that teams are going to come knocking on the door uh, i okay. mean it's 
I think it's inevitable. He carries on like this. He's been so consistent. You know that he's been watched right now. Same with Robinson. You know, the fullbacks Unbelievable. are Unbelievable. Yeah, and it, and they're going to want... They will go for a pretty penny, I would say. And, and Tete, you know... I mean, how much would Tete be worth now? Um... Oh Lord, I, I don't. I, oh, I don't know. Okay. If the Khans do it properly, they'll say no. We're not selling. No, let's build. Let's build. Build it. Unless it's a price that we cannot refuse. Right. Right. I um, think that there is a price, but I just think it would have to be high for me. But guys, yeah. let's finish up with man of the match from the two of you. Max, who's your man of the match? I'm gonna go Tim Ream. A wow, bit against a the grain, right? Just the way he was in the right place at the right time. Truly, nature got the point, and I respect that. So, Tim Ream for me. Okay, Giannis, who's your man of the match? It's going to be Kenny Tete. Although Ream was very, very close, and he was just you know. there were so many really. But William, I thought was excellent. Although Robinson was excellent. Can you put Diop was there excellent. too? Diop was yes, he was. But Kenny Tete was just ridiculous. Yesterday, just utter bedlam. Thank you, and Cedric, for coming to Fulham. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, I mean, it. It. I. I didn't. By the way, I don't agree with the Cedric deal. Okay. Um, I, I've got to the point now where I know Mbappé's obviously terrible, but I'm of the opinion that um, what's the point of getting loans if there's no obligation to buy? I, 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 I don't agree see with any, you, Giannis. I don't see any vested interest of yeah. the player. Um, to go out there and I mean, it's it, um, let's look at Cancelo for example going to Bayern Munich. Yep, the option is there to buy, and you go, okay, we'll see if it works out great. If not, we just walk away. But Cedric is basically a walk on, and, and some of the yeah. first tweets he put out there were, you know, Arsenal for life, Arsenal heart for life, wish Arsenal. No, no, ass. He's a rental, Giannis. We'll say over here. He's a rental. Yeah, but, but, but we need we need depth. It's the only other option is playing Decker over Reed there, and that's not. That's not realistic. Um, I would take Deckard over Reed because he's invested in the team, and you know he can play anywhere. Cedric is 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 a rental. If there was an incentive to say we could spend on him, uh, if, if he was a, and he's a good player, I'd say yes. But I, I'd like to think that we're over rental players. I think we've been there, we've done that, and it hasn't worked a lot of the time. Right. And I would I would trust Deckard over Reed as a right back because I know. He's a Fulham player. I know it's going to sound a bit odd, but Cedric, we know four months from now, will be buggering off back to the Emirates. Um, and anyway, if Teddy carries on playing like that, he's not going to get much time. I, I think Cedric may play on Wednesday. Yeah, I think so too. You I know, Lukic so may go, oh, that's fine. Um, yeah. But poor Mbabu. I mean, honestly. Oh. What is, well. Maybe we could send him, maybe we could send, he's a lonely though, isn't he? No. Can we, Ah, uh, yes. No, we bought him. No, we bought okay. him, Giannis. I've got a perfect solution. Let's send him to Bruges. <laughs> With Scott Parker? Yeah, Scotty, you love him. Oh, I, Scotty, I love him. Yeah, oh, I agree with that. All right, good stuff, guys. This has been fun. Guys, I do want to wrap up the show. I've really enjoyed doing it with the two of you. It's always fun to do it with you guys. Max, final thoughts before we wrap up the show. Yeah, I just can't believe it's February... We're eighth in the league, and we just took four points off Chelsea in a season. Best part, man. The best part, four points off Chelsea. Giannis, I'm so happy for you and so many supporters that 
it, listen, it means so much to so many to get four points off of Chelsea. I don't care where they are on the table. I don't care. I know how much it must mean to you. Yeah, and somewhere in some soccer field, somewhere, anywhere, wherever he is, I know Floyd Aita is proud of us. Oh, here that, we go. It, we can't know, go a show. <laughs> I know. Oh, he, and he's and he's having coffee with Costa. Oh, where's Costa Stavridis? He's sitting with Costa Stavridis <laughs> and Mark Fotheringham. Oh my God! Oh, what a, what go. a great manager! He, yeah. What and a great saying, way to end the show. Oh. Florida yeah, Ite is in, in the second division of France at the yeah, yeah, One goal this season. One goal. Okay. That's, probably two, that's probably two goals more than he okay. should be scoring. I mean, okay. really. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to give you my final thoughts. My final thoughts is moving forward, I have to figure out a way to say Florida Ite's name in every film show that the three of us do. Three of us do. I can't do it on my own. So if you're going to be on the show, Giannis, we have to make sure that you at least mention Floyd Ayete at least once. Oh, God. oh, it, it, I mean, he's he's a, he's narrowly ahead of Darren Bent. <laughs> Darren Bent sort of gets a little bit of kudos from me for that equalizer against United. Remember that you know we can. I remember. Like, I remember five corners or whatever it was. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, at least he got an equalizer there. You look at I look back at that. And, uh, uh, oh, that was the Shania Luka days, wasn't it? Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, well, there was some value, but that was like Poundland. And yeah. we've graduated to Walmart or Asda. And now we're going to Harrods. That's where we want to go, right? That's where we want to go as a club? Yes, that's where we want to go. So. I shouldn't have started this. I shouldn't have got him going there, Max. This is my mistake. Now we're never going to hear the end of it. We're going to be here for Florida to the day we die. So, <laughs> okay. Great show, guys. I really enjoyed it. I always enjoy doing the show with you guys. I do want to mention, as always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. People are subscribing on YouTube, so thank you very much for doing that. And I just want to thank everyone that's been watching listening to Cottage Talk. It's just been so great, especially Lately, just thank you, thank you, thank you. But we are going to wrap up this show. For Matt Cohen and Yash and Ness, I'm Russ Cohen. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk, now part of the TalkSport Fan Network. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.